When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. We're back with another Bald Move Prestige podcast. This time we're talking about 2019's Marriage Story, written and directed by Noah Bombach, who I'm going to be honest, I've not seen any of the stuff that he's been he's been a director of uh, other than this. Mm-hmm. He got Oscar nominated, of course, for this and also The Squid and the Whale. You might know him from Margo at the Wedding, Francis Ha, While We Were Young, Mistress America or the Meyerowitz stories. Nope. I don't. <laughs> However, he has written two films that I really like, mm-hmm. The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou and uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. So, yeah, two of I my like him as a writer. Favorite Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. Um, it stars Scarlett Johansson, of course, Black Widow. We just saw her last week. Adam Driver, Kylo Ren, Laura Dern, also from Star Wars and Jurassic Park. Alan Alda of MASH fame. He also got an Oscar nom for his work in The Aviator. Uh, recently saw him in Horace and Pete, uh, Ray Liotta of Goodfellas fame, Julie Haggerty, which I know as the uh, love interest in Airplane, the movie, and Airplane 2, oh, the sequel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Merritt Weaver, who you will know from The Walking Dead, her run on HBO's Run and Godless. Uh, also, she was uh, a star on Nurse Jackie. Wallace Shawn, inconceivable <laughs> that he's in this movie. And finally, Robert Smigel great director the the or i'm sorry writer uh or i'm sorry actor best best actor yeah for me to poop on uh because he's also the puppeteer behind triumph the comic insult dog yeah jim marriage story Uh uh-huh it's a it's a movie about a divorce about the end of a marriage it is Uh, yeah it's ironically named i feel um i don't know it tells a story of their marriage also um, through the lens yeah. of the divorce. I I think it's appropriately named also. Um, Which is not a bad time to get the temperature of a relationship, you know, when it's ending. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what, what was this thing anyway? Yeah, you can only judge something like this in hindsight. And I, I that, that's the part of it that I really like. Um, there, there's a way that he sort of captures the messiness of relationships in general right this one happens to be about a husband and a wife and that's maybe like one of the most one of the more intense relationships uh you can have especially when a child is involved mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh I, but i feel like this applies to just people interacting um and time passing there there's a way that he like captures something about life something about like I am this person when this thing starts and I will inevitably become a different person. But even if I stay the same person and try really hard to do that, that might dissatisfy me or the people around me in some other way. Right. It's like, it's a very messy thing that he manages to get his arms around in some kind of way. And to me told a very interesting, very entertaining, compelling story about two people who maybe have blind spots about how they've treated each other but also have realized that they wanted different things for their life and that mm-hmm. if they're going to get those things in the future, they can't be together. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is very relatable, especially <clears throat> for as like bougie as it all is. Like these right. are very wealthy people jetting from New York to LA. One's getting a MacArthur grant for being a genius. The other's uh, mm-hmm. essentially a, a teen star who is, you know, getting getting hired to this prestigious science fiction thing. Like this is, it's it's hard to relate from that kind of perspective. But as far as a breakup, a uh, breakup yeah. involving children, the you know he said she said the framing of narrative, uh, the find the you know trying to come up with the truth that will work for you um, post divorce that you can learn something from. I think this is really uh, an interesting story, and I think it, it's it's a good cautionary tale for young men. Not in the like, oh, you got to watch how you get married, or they'll suck you dry, and you'll be left <laughs> with nothing. They'll take your kids as sons right. of those those fucking bitches. But how you can kind of go along with a societal narrative and 
think that you're both on the same team because the team is essentially you. You're the star player and you're the head coach and you're the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, talent, you're, you're everything. And the other person just kind of going along for the ride. And after 10 years, they wake up and like, where the fuck am I? Do I want to be here? Yeah. And you've let yourself get co- so consumed with being the star of your thing that your wife and maybe your children uh, and friends have been left behind. And suddenly you're like, you don't want to lose these things that have been important theoretically, but like, what the fuck are you going to prove to the court that you're, you know, uh, involved with the kid's life when you've missed X amount of practices and X amount of school teachers. And you, you know, like I I thought that was really interesting how a guy's whole life narrative falls apart with like a couple of line of basic questions about, Mm -hmm. You know, and it could have been a lot of things like when's the last time he's been to the doctor? What's his doctor's name? You know, uh, who's who? Yeah, there's like he just completely caught out not participating in the things that are suddenly the most important thing in his life. But I think that's something that um, whether you're a divorced dad or you're a dad in a happy marriage uh, stuff, you got to think about, you know, like, what are you investing in? What is the most important thing in your life? What if you had to prove that, you know? Uh, is is your life backing that up? I, I thought that stuff is the stuff I was thinking about anyway, too. Yeah, um, yeah. it's I it's saw interesting a lot. because, like, uh, you know, you and I are both married. I've only been married for less than two years, so it's not like to, I'm at this this kind of stage with something, even potentially, right? Um, and I've been married two times, so <laughs> okay, twosies. <laughs> yeah, you're the Alan Alda here. You're gonna go start your own. Uh, uh, attorney's uh, office to do a divorce stuff. Uh, Is that going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hope not. But um, no, but it, there's still a lot of stuff that's identifiable. And I think it, it doesn't like that's why I say it doesn't necessarily um, have to be the marriage, right? It's or the kids or anything like that. It's just like th- there, there's something human in this movie where time passes, things change. If you take your eye off of your life for a while, or one aspect of it, you might end up regretting that. But like, whose fault yeah. is that? You know, um, like I, I, know. I ended up identifying a lot with uh, Scarlett Johansson's character, Nicole, because that monologue she has in Laura Dern's office in that first uh, in Nora's office in that first uh, meeting between them, where she's just like, I like I spent, you know, the last 10 years, like not living my life, but living life for this you know, this guy who was doing, you know, whatever he wanted to do. And I was like supporting that. And it's something that she definitely chose. Right. I mean, it's not like she was coerced into that or, or she didn't want to have a kid or anything like that. Like all those decisions she made, but she missed out on other things because of them. Right. And that applies to everybody. You're going to have to take a path in your life. And if you find 10 years down the line, then maybe you missed out on some things. Well, guess what? That's life. Right. So that was the thing that really like resonated to me. Yeah, that's why I was saying like, because you know, um, I was surprised when I started reading people's thoughts about this, like um, how many people were very, especially when, when you moved from the critics and you started going to Reddit, like how many people had very strong opinions about like who was the bad guy, who was the good guy. When, I have an opinion, yeah, but not strong, I th- not I th- super strong. I think that, um, I think that, uh, and it's something that um, a therapist told me is like, I've never seen a relate, or rarer is the relationship that I've seen that the imbalance in like dynamics is more than 55 45. Gotcha. Um, you know, it's, it's rarely that someone is just blow like, up or what. Uh, yeah, they probably don't see that's that's because I actually asked him, I was like, do you actually and he was like, well, I was like, you know, maybe if we're talking about people that actually come to my, you know, people that are that are trying to salvage something. Uh, right, you know, right. So you're self-selecting a sample. But like, yeah, the fact that like it's usually um, and like you said, it it didn't feel like she was coerced or even bullied or any, but it's more of just like people going along and both not testing the assumptions. And one of the assumptions mm-hmm. was. um you know, just kind of the default and nobody really examined that. And that stuff is, like I said, the thing that's, that's, that's really dangerous. And I think it's the people, people should think about like uh, when you're watching this and if if stuff is feeling uncomfortable or feeling it's hitting close to home, well, I mean, it's, it's uh, you can, you can always start doing the uh, 
start doing better, you know, like start listening more, start uh, um, asserting yourself. Cause that's the other thing I, I kept on mm-hmm. thinking in the last half of this man at five years ago, one of the other had, and it probably had to have been Scarlet because, you know, uh, Adam was super happy with this relationship, Charlie. Um, it probably have to be if she'd like put her foot down and be like, I'm just feeling like a shell of myself. Like, I feel like I'm life is missing mm-hmm. me by and we're always doing your things. We're all, and, and they 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 before the brinksmanship started, because I think he was open to the idea of like, well, we talk about a lot of things, getting a sectional couch, vacationing in England, moving to like and she's like, well, why is it the stuff that is for your job are the decisions we've made, the things that I have to give up are. You know, like it doesn't see, it'll feel like it's a 50 50. Like, well, you gave up that thing, so I gotta have this thing. It's just me giving, me giving yeah, yeah. because you th- that I love this and I'm happy. And it's, I think that that's the shame of it. Like, if she could have been more assertive five years ago, if he had been a little bit more curious and, um, you know, uh, l- listened to her five years ago, yeah, he's definitely selfish self absorbed, but... yeah. And, you know, the other thing it's like, because I, I saw a lot of defensive to Charlie, it's like, well, you know, he's this genius playwright. That's a super important job. It takes up a lot of your attention. What are you supposed to do? I think that's what I've always been thinking when I watch these things, because that's always like, you know, when you see the secret agent, that he's the only one that can catch bin Laden, but his home life is suffering uh-huh. or the artist that's the voice of a generation, but they can't keep a relationship. I sometimes think that like you can't really do both when one of the yeah. things sucks up that much of your time. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think you can be Jesus Christ of Nazarene and a good dad. Jesus yeah. never married or had children, according to most tellings. Maybe there's something to that. Like if you want to be the world's greatest dad, you're probably not going to be a hard charging Hollywood director. Or if you are, there's going to be a lot of sacrifices made that maybe the child will feel a little certain way about when they grow up. Mm -hmm. And what are you going to do? Scream them down that their feelings aren't valid. Like that's the thing. It's like, I I think that some of this narrative, like you can have it all. I think it's, it's false. um, It is. I think this movie dissects that and says, says as much, you know, this, this is a choice that you have to make. And that's, like that that's where their relationship comes to a head, right? When she has finally made a choice between like, you know, having his life or having a life of her own as well. Um right. and she finds out that I think that life is incompatible with his life. And so what do you yeah. do? That that that's like the core tension of this movie, right? Is that they are bound together by this kid and their lives have diverged such that she wants her own life, rightfully so. But also, uh-huh. he's not going to give up the life that he's got. So what the fuck do they do, right? This is the right. only option here. And it's not a great option. There are no good options. And I think right. that's an important lesson to learn in life is that there aren't always perfect options. You can't solve every problem. You can sort of learn to live with it, right? Live with the choices you make and make the best choices you can and when you make them. And that's like... of what I appreciated about this movie is that. And the other 10% are the incredible performances. Yeah. Let's talk about that before we get too much into thematic weeds. Cause there's the God knows it'll be a whole podcast uh, for the hat. Um, That's where I, I I knew nothing about this. I didn't even know it was about a divorce. I thought I figured it was about a troubled relationship because I've seen the meme of Adam pounding the wall so hard. He pushes a hole through it. I hadn't seen anything. Nothing. I've seen the the. There's another meme of Scarlett Johansson with the brave, crying, smiling face. Um, mm. that sometimes get used for reaction shots. But like, I didn't know anything other than that these were like all time great performances from the leads, and it fucking delivers. Like, yeah. I know Adam Driver can act in difficult stuff. Like that was what they brought him on to do for like girls, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I he, I haven't really seen, of course, I haven't seen a lot of his art, art house shit, but I haven't seen anything that he's done that's kind of like gone to that range. But holy shit, uh, he does a lot of fucking emoting in this year film. He does. And he does some emoting. He does some singing. He does uh, j- just some yeah. really like great, fun, nice guy kind of stuff. Uh, he's yeah. effortlessly charming at times. It's. The whole range, man. He nails it. And same with Scarlet. They're and you can see how you can also see how he's a good dad, but also how he's a bad dad, you know, like how he can Uh be a bad dad. There's some funny shit in here. 
involving some really high stakes social situations like um, meetings with uh, child protective services where they're essentially asking you, are you a good dad? And the yeah. kid says, show them the thing you do with the knife, daddy. <laughs> like there's some re- really effective tension based comedy um, that he, cause I think Adam driver's hilarious. If you've seen any of his shit on Saturday night live, him and Scarlett Johansson, both are game for anything. Yeah. And they're both allowed to be funny in the limits of this script because, you know, some things that happen during a divorce are hilarious. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a real long time since I've seen Scarlett Johansson in something like this good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't tend to watch um, a lot of her stuff that is like this. Uh, I, I, can, I know she's got a, a few others, but this is like head and shoulders above anything I've seen her do uh, emotionally and from an acting perspective. And yeah, she's, I mean, Jesus Christ. It's like how charismatic and charming can one person be when she's on the screen and then mm-hmm. how devastated can one person look at the same time right it's like yeah. she's flashing a, a million watt smile and also tears streaming down her face and just like you feel the the pull you feel the the tension just in her expression in her body language and everything yeah, how tall do you think Scarlett Jansen is? Like five foot four, probably. She's got to be. I, there was one scene where she walks out and she's got a crowd around her uh, talking uh-huh. to her, like walk and talk. And I couldn't uh-huh. help but notice like how short she is compared to everyone else. Yeah, because like, you know, you see her in action roles. I think they, you know, we've talked about this in the Badass series. They tend to inflate those numbers a bit. Um, mm. but I think she's t- she's she's fairly short um by american female standards and adam driver is very tall yeah. i think he's legitimately like six foot four six foot five and one of the things i thought effective and the movie doesn't even really call attention to this it's it's something there if you're looking is like um when things got angry between them mm-hmm. like you could e- you could easily see how he's a scary individual because he like literally hulks over her and she's pu- he's punching He's he's punching holes in the walls and screaming in her face. And I think it would be more noticeable if she was not as a fierce a character herself, because she's like fucking mm-hmm. holding her frame like a champ over there. But like they do a lot of that stuff as like, you know, no one to describe him as like a scary or like that kind of a bad abusive guy. No, but it's that performance. The physicality of the performance is there to kind of underline like. Maybe if we took another step, like another surmise past what these guys are willing to do at this point in their divorce, you could see where, you know, like, why did she stay silent for 10 years? Because she loves them, obviously. She doesn't want to break mm-hmm. up their family. But maybe she's also a little afraid of what this guy might do. This weird auteur guy that's, you know, this physical hulking beast might do. I And it's not in the script. There's nothing. That's no. just stuff that I just noticed. Like the body, like, Jesus Christ, how would I feel if Shaquille O'Neal had just punched a hole in my wall and was screaming in my face like this over a business deal. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't feel like a lot of times we think about that like male, female dynamic when you're talking about a 10 year relationship type of business deal where there's Mm -hmm. kids involved. That shit could be scary. Uh, And this, again, this movie's so good. It does that without even really draw. There's no scene of like, you know, her talking to her mom's like, you know, Charlie really scared me and I was really afraid, but you know, I had like, it's just there. It's just part of the film. Um, I, I liked that. So I, I wasn't thinking about that in that scene. Um, and I kind of liked that I wasn't because it let me get to the emotional core of that scene more than mm. a scary core. Right. It, it let me understand why these people are no longer compatible. Uh, and, what, you know, it, it let me understand, like, the resentment that had been building over a 10 year relationship that nobody intended. Right. And nobody even like really would have admitted that there was resentment there until that moment, until that flashpoint. And I, the movie, like, it kept me comfortable enough in the fact that they, this wasn't going to get violent. Like, I, and I couldn't even explain why I felt that way, but maybe it's just because the relationship they had shown up to that point was better than that. You know, it wasn't that yeah. type of fire mm-hmm. to this relationship. And so when I'm in that scene, I'm not thinking shit he punched a hole in the wall he's coming after her next i'm thinking this man is an emotional wreck right now you know and yeah, and yeah. he's channeling that into violence against this wall because he's not going to strike her or something like that 
Right. But it's, it's it, but I, I do think that's, that's there whether it's appreciated or not. Yeah. Yeah. And the other I'm not thing is, it's, is not. it's just, I wasn't thinking like it. what you're saying about that scene is that, um, you're right, especially since like one of the themes in the movie is up to that point, like Adam Driver's like, I thought we were going to leave the lawyers out of this. Like the lawyers are the ones causing all his problems. Well, when you leave and, and, and the scene that preceded that was the lawyers just viciously going at each other's narrative of who mm-hmm. built whose career from what and who was the team that showed her tits and who was the absentee father who, you know, has blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, my God, look at these litigators like just making everything like if there's any bad guy in this movie, it's a fucking lawyers. But it's not nearly as vicious as when the lawyers aren't there and they go not to just the narrative, but to the feelings and thoughts and how they viewed each other. And it's probably not like like I think you're also supposed to get the idea that a lot of those things, as soon as they're said, they wish they could unsay them. Yep. And and they don't totally 100 percent mean them. Right. Some of it is just meant to hurt in that moment. But it's interesting because like I'm left because like. The lawyers are kind of the worst. Um, oh, yeah. And I got like my scores for them. But like I'm left with the what I was really thinking about this, like what have been better if the lawyers don't get involved? And I feel like there's two ways this thing ends if the lawyers don't get involved. Mm-hmm. And one is they both have these talks where, you know, he fights her a little bit too hard on something and she starts thinking like, what does that mean? He feels and they it just devolves into this argument they already have. And then the lawyers get involved uh-huh. or he just like well you know you know nicole we just uh we oh, of course we live in new york and our son is, goes to new york schools and he's going to stay in new york and i i mean i can't leave i got this macarthur grant and you know you're gonna have to make sacrifices and I, you don't want any of my macarthur grant because you know you don't want anything you haven't earned and he just manages her through a divorce that's like very amicable and everybody he gets everything yeah yeah so I, like, I don't know. It's it's interesting because he didn't want everything, right? Like there was never any talk of that. Now the MacArthur stuff comes up somewhere in the middle of it, and her acting but, career but he, comes up somewhere in the middle of it. And I yeah. feel like those things are sort of offsetting things. But you know, it, it, the thing that like I mark as selfishness is both he couldn't see that she was unhappy, um, unfulfilled mm-hmm. in that relationship, and also he didn't see how big of a part she was in the MacArthur Grant, right? Like. While she was taking care of that kid because he was clearly like most of the time he was off doing his director stuff and he'd come home and read to the child, stuff like that. Uh, She she was supporting the household, right? Um, In in ways that he wasn't not in non-financial ways. And so like, Mm -hmm. yeah, he wasn't giving her enough credit for that. And that MacArthur grant is partially because of that, because he had the freedom to go out and be the auteur Broadway director that he wanted to be. Yeah, but when I said that he he gets everything, what I meant is like if they split like their possessions 50-50 amicably, mm-hmm. but he gets to stay in Ohio, uh, New York and she has to stay in New York and the son stays in New York. Oh, yeah. He yeah. essentially still gets everything. He gets because, her life. Like, That's I, insane, yeah. yeah. And also, like, I can see that 10 years down the line, he would probably be, you know, like, ah, oh, come on, you can take him because I've got this thing event and she he becomes less and less of a father. And then he's wondering when his kids in college, why he never called like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, oh, I guess I'm saying is like, I think it's not invalid for a lawyer to take a woman that comes to them and says like, look, I just want this to end peacefully, you know? Uh, and, and I, I just, you know, I'm not happy, but I want, and I don't want it to be vindictive to kind of like, well, let's figure out what you actually want. Mm-hmm. Because if you start making decisions and give things up right now, then and that's something that like um, Adam Driver's character, Charlie, didn't understand. Yeah. When the, he was like, oh, well, OK, yeah, I'll let him go out to school there. And like and, and like he was giving into the narrative that this kid is not in a New Yorker. He's a I thought that stuff was was pretty interesting. So, like, I, I guess what I'm saying, like, I don't know that Laura Dern's character was evil. Mm-hmm. Um she's more aggressive than I would like in a family law attorney, but well, like, legal I think if she had the thing that are evil, right? Right. Yeah. Like but cynics. if she wasn't there to, to ask her what she wanted, I don't know that Scarlett Johansson would have figured that out until three or four years. And she's still stuck yeah. in New York. And you know, 
what and she got to do divorce now. Is finalized and she didn't yeah get the things that she so wanted she's have to give up her kid or no she's gonna have to continue making sacrifices because she loves the kid so much like she just yeah, yeah. so and that's why i like that scene so much when she first meets laura dern in her office and she just says look i'm, I'm not living my life i'm living this dude's life um right that was powerful and that was a moment for her right too a turning moment because she wasn't saying that in the therapist's office when they were writing the letters at the beginning right why do you uh, think that she liked. didn't want to exchange would you because well, i thought that was a great way to start the film mm-hmm. um a good way for us to see them at their best and uh, like i was making notes about like what they liked about each other and what they didn't like and yeah. i thought it was going to tell a story about how the things that they like you start taking for granted and the things that they that that they don't do and to get on your nerves becomes more and more inflamed and but it none of that stuff seemed to be an impact into the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did wonder, like, why is it that Scarlett Johansson was so resistant about sharing that stuff? Because she didn't want to get notes, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I was wondering if there's like something like subconsciously where she knows that this guy could persuade her out of the thing doing the, what's best for herself and her son. That like if she starts thinking about the old times and how great that like you know the other smaller voice that she can barely hear at the quietest moments is saying I'm I'm stuck I'm drowning I'm mm, trapped yeah uh, that that will like get get pushed down um, yeah that could be I, it. I wasn't sure because it seemed like that is incongruent with the rest of her character where she was kind of like game to do anything and was... well, it makes a certain amount of sense like you have to take this journey that they take over the course of this movie and only then can you hear that letter read aloud right and be okay with that relationship still ending not let it persuade you into extending you know, oh yeah your narratively it's a hell of a bookend because yeah. it, it yeah, completed like it. three different arcs like film long arcs with a single scene mm-hmm. um that was a pretty 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 good punch um so yeah i guess it, that that justifies it right there <laughs> yeah i should have seen it coming when he's teaching the, the kid to the read film. It's like, right. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Of it, course, it, it, there's it, a letter. Yeah. <laughs> God, it came back. It came back together. So, so beautifully. It does. Yeah. Uh, oh, before we move on uh, much further, do you, did you notice the sparklies? This is something we talked about in the last season of the kingdom. Um, like there's this digital artifacting that's in the dark areas where it looks oh. like just like random speckles of, like, but they're in sh- different shapes and stuff. Did you notice this or no? I, I didn't this time, but I'm watching on like a temporary TV because my real TV is oh, packed right. up right now. So it, no, I didn't, holy... but I've seen that on Netflix stuff in the past and it drives me insane. I don't know. Yeah, because I got this, you know, last year I got a 4K television. Now, like the stuff that I was like barely picking up on my, it's like, it's just like, what the fuck is this? I don't know whether it's a. Uh like an anti-piracy device but like i'm 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 a paid uh, i i would get this if this was like a screener copy right oh mm-hmm. well, that's a that's a unique set of dancing pixels that they're going to use to bust me if they find this on the pirate bay mm-hmm. but like i'm a fucking paid subscriber to netflix for a long time like since they were mailing you dvds what the fuck am i uh it's really bad for yeah. something that's getting oscar nominations and stuff like i don't like it i don't know what the hell's going on I'm with you. I'm not a fan of their compression techniques. Uh, I just wish okay. they'd up the bit rate on their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry. I derailed everything into a highly technical discussion of, of that's this okay. Stuff. Uh, uh, there's some, so, so yeah, I mean, acting is, is impeccable and there are some cool cameos as well. Like Wallace Shawn shows up in this movie <laughs> in mm-hmm. a pretty funny role. Um, one of the very few moments of comedy uh, in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Wallace Shawn was a real treat to uh, his advice to to Charlie. You know, yeah. Who, yeah. That's the man that that speech he gave. Like, you know, she's talking about like how she gave up his life, and he's like, well, "What about me? I was a twenty year old genius director." I could, he's essentially kind of like, I could have fucked all these starlets and everybody. And then, yeah. And then you'd have gotten me too. Uh, 15 <laughs> years later with all the ass and couch shenanigans you pulled, you, you fucking prick. But right. Uh, yeah. Wallace Shawn is just essentially get it, get it, get you're out there. You're young. 
You're not even 40 yet. You got a MacArthur grant. Go out there and fuck them all, Charlie. Fuck. <laughs> uh, except for he sounded like Wallace Shawn when he was doing it. So it's like, you know. Oh, fuck, yeah. Fuck them all, Charlie. I, I can't. I don't get a good Wallace Shawn. I don't either. Uh, and then Laura Dern is surprisingly good in this. I, I haven't seen her in much past like Jurassic Park, but mm-hmm. uh, she won an Academy Award for this performance. Which kind of surprised me because I didn't think it was anything like off the charts special, even though it is very good. Um, really how did you feel about her? The divorced attorney feel. I mean, but yeah, like uh, I, I'm actually shocked to hear you say that she got an Academy Award. She won. Yeah, won it. Best supporting actress that year in 2020. Wow. I guess I'd have to look and see what the competition. But like, yeah, this was a very good performance like her and Ray Liotta because I that's when he passed on that I'm like oh man because I was kind of looking forward to see like these two attorneys going at each other um, yeah. and then it came it comes back later in the <laughs> plot and I'm like well this is very sad for sure but yeah no nah, she just plays a really good zealous uh, divorce attorney um, who I think that's the thing um, there's a little bit of like these people and it's it's proper popular portray, portray them as such there's a little bit of the like that these people are like arms dealers that are also diplomats yeah yeah you know they're getting like oh sure we'd all like a peaceful resolution but wouldn't we really like to throw a couple bombs and spend some you know like like to have some fun before we get down to peace um and there's like all this like you got three different glimpses of lawyers you've got the ray liotas who i think are the probably worst of the worst Mm -hmm. uh you've got the laura derns who are of that persuasion but like also you know i think she's not going after his macarthur grant like she also recognizes that there's what's reasonable and not reasonable yeah. And you got guys like Alan Alda, which I think are the best of family law lawyers that it's like, you know, mm-hmm. he is steering Charlie in to in directions that will make him a better dad. And his child healthy and well adjusted, it's not going to make him win necessarily, but it'll right. minimize his exposure. It'll save the expense that he's going to rack up. And it's honestly it, it, with this set of facts best for the child, best for the mother, best for the father to do that. Um, and Charlie just doesn't want to hear that because he cannot let his son get taken from New York because to him, it's a binary decision. Well, if he leaves New York, I, I can't take my career, can't possibly take a back seat. So I just like no longer be his dad. I will practically not be in his life. Yeah. Um, that reckoning, and, right? That choice he's got to make. <laughs> right. But I felt like, well, how did you think about the, the lawyers? Did you think the Laura Dern was too much? Uh, no, I mean, in, in as much as like she's up against guys like Ray Liotta every day, right? Um, right, yeah, she's got to be exactly what she is, and I do think, like, yeah, there was a bit of you know, therapist in her role too when she's dealing with uh Nicole in this movie because, yeah, she has to help her figure out what she wants, like you said. Um, that, that stuff was all very good, and I didn't, I, I didn't ever feel like I hated Laura Dern. I felt like, ah, she's, you know, she's playing the lawyer game, which sucks. But it, but I didn't like hate her, but I also wasn't taken in by her, her charm as well. Yeah. Like when, sure. when Adam driver's sitting in this fucking office and Alan Alda's there and they're meeting for some mediation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, they take a break for lunch and she's over at the coffee and she starts striking up a conversation about how great his work is and how much she loves him. I, like dude tell her to just shut up (laughs) like yeah just look i I don't want to hear just stop talking right now you don't have to be mean about it but this is not the time for that it like it was such obvious like manipulation in that moment Mm -hmm. that i but i also get it right it's part of the game and so like i never hated her but i i never got comfortable around her either unlike ray liotta who i I hate immediately right (laughs) oh yeah yeah uh, it's tough because like there's elements of truth to everything um, as a person uh-huh. that's gone through some family law myself, um, like what Ray Liotta is talking about, like he was telling, he was essentially giving a lawyer's opinion of like how fuck Charlie looked um, from a judge's position. And mm-hmm. then, honestly, at that point he was pretty fucked. And to get any kind of like, he's saying 
like if you go reasonable and the other person goes crazy, mm -hmm. then you're going to get a half crazy solution, which is by definition. There's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is like what Charlie was asking for was ch was crazy to mm -hmm. have Scarlett Johansson give up another 10 years of her life. Hold her hostage Charlie. in New York. Because yeah. the other thing that made the other thing that made me, I think, um, why I think it's insane when people say that this was like all stacked in like Scar one or the other's favor is like if you listen to what Charlie wants, uh, Charlie's much happier in L.A. than he was in New York. I'm, I'm not sorry, Charlie, their son. Yeah, their son yeah. is much happier with his new school, with his new friends, the being close to grandma, um, his mom's new house. Like, you know, there's this mm -hmm. this constant refrain, which I thought was a joke. The L.A. people like all oh, the space. You know, <laughs> the but fuck like, you're in L.A. It's just as oppressive as I, New York, just yeah, in a slightly different fuck? way. That's like, you know, well, Jim, the opposite of crazy is crazy. East Coast sure. is West Coast. Mid Midwest is where all the same people are at. Obviously, <laughs> obviously. obviously. So there's a narrow band of reasonableness from a little bit east of Cincinnati that goes over to like, you know, the Twin Cities and it's it's done. Um, but I, I thought that like there's all the elements of like him saying is like, well, you know, what is she, doesn't she, you know, uh, de facto taking your son from you by moving her coast? That's crazy. That's just um, but like you got to listen to what his son's saying. And if you listen to what mm -hmm. his son's saying, um, and I also thought I there's a lot of sympathy with Charlie because he's like at one point he's like, you know, Alan Alden's talking to him. And you can tell that a lot of the reason that he's doing this is I just don't want Char my son. I can't remember his son's Henry. name. Henry, I don't want Henry to think I didn't fight for him. Yeah. And it's funny because I remember when, because I had this exact same thing. My wife wanted to go back to her, you know, where she grew up because she had the support system there and we had moved to Indianapolis and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but oh my God, my son, he's two years old. That's so far away. I'll only see him ever. And I was talking to my therapist and I said, I'm, I, I just want him to know he fought for him. I fought yeah, for yeah. him. And the therapist said, this isn't, this isn't like, this isn't the fight the fight is the rest of your life being yeah. there for him. And like, if you do the, the next 10 years, right. What you're doing here is just so immaterial. So like, you know, how much time, how much pain, how much money do you want to go through? Those are some things you need to figure out. But as far as like your son and fighting for him, like this isn't the end of the, like if to extend this as a battle, it's not over today and it won't be over for 30, 40, 50 years when he's looking back over his life and thinking, and I, I've, feel like Alan Alda did a good job of articulating yeah. that and also maybe gently pointing out to, to Charlie that if they're at war, he's showing up late to the battle and ill-equipped and sure. in a bad disposition, you know, like all the times where it's like, well, I want him to have Halloween and he's going to go and the kid's too tired. He already had a one trick or treat. Well, you're going to go out because I got a party. We're going to have fun. God damn it. It's like you can't, you know, do that. And <laughs> right. Then the, the meeting with the child protective agent is was tense because he's blowing it from the, the whole time. Because right. essentially what his kid really wants is to stay with his mom and for mm -hmm. his dad to move out there, too, so he can see him on a regular basis. But mostly he wants to stay with his mom. Mm -hmm. And when she's getting this clear impression, he's got to jump in and like, you know, scold his son for not doing it's It's just a terrible look and it ends up with him fake slit in his wrist really do it it's oh god i, yeah, I enjoyed that I, a lot i couldn't laugh at that scene because i was cringing so hard it's like it's it, very on that line when he cuts himself i i was like oh no this is extremely bad and you need to go to the hospital and the movie does not want you to but i want you to <laughs> And he's getting like when he's oh it's fine he's helping her at the door and he's smearing blood all over the right. door frame and she's trying to duck underneath his yeah. dripping arm and it's just uh, yeah it is funny but also it's so visceral I yeah I don't like that I don't like it yeah there's a lot of other things that uh, I think the movie did a good job of showing like the problem with Charlie not that Charlie's a bad guy. But the fact that, like, you know, the other lawyer had to threaten him a summary judgment before he would actually get the gumption to talk to a lawyer because it's just it's taking up so much of his time and he doesn't have time to deal with this right now. And right. Does um, he have time for the kid, especially if it's in L.A.? Uh, yeah, yeah. And this is and, kind of a. I, I imagine this is not how all divorces go, right? A lot of divorces are probably not as amicable as this one, um, probably not as uh, with people who are as understanding or even even keeled level headed like i felt like both of these people 
were very like generous and understanding with their feelings um, and reasonable. And that is not always the case in a divorce. A lot of the most, probably most of the time it ends because there's violent opposition on both sides and they have tons of resentment and anger and it blows up all the time. And you're going to have, you know, them going out and hiring lawyers like Laura Dern and Ray Liotta and they're going to get into the tactics. Right. And that was the thing. The other angle of this that the movie shows that I assume is realistic. I know um, Noah went out and did uh, like a lot of interviewing of Lloyd divorce attorneys and judges and things like a bunch of people who are intimately familiar with divorces and how they go legally. And that was the thing that really shocked me is just like the tactics, the underhanded shit that goes on, right? Like sending your client out to 15 different lawyers, uh, the highest power lawyers in LA to meet with them just to keep them from legally being allowed to represent the other party in this. Mm. So you can essentially bar them from any decent legal representation by just going out and finding a bunch of people in town who are the best lawyers and meeting with them with no intention of ever becoming the client. Yeah. Although I will say that like uh, it's it's a bit of an arms race because I guess that's a bit of a dated tactic because nowadays if if uh, you if I think Scarlett Jansen would be in a lot of trouble in a trial because she did hack Charlie's shit to read his email and and admitted to a felony. And I hear that the judges really don't like you nakedly using it. Like if you have two or three meetings with lawyers, that's fine. Maybe four or five. But if you meet with 11 or or was it 15 is 11, they're going to be like, you know what? Not only are not only the judge, that's a good way for the, to get the judge for you to pay for your spouse's lawyer. Cause you're just fucking you're, you're keeping them from getting effective counsel and the, the judge isn't stupid. Um, but like, yeah, there's all kinds of like dirty tricks and shit and just, and the stuff about, you know, uh, the encourage the tit for tat, you know, and then, yes. and the win, do you want to win or do you mm-hmm. want like, you know, do you want what's best for everyone and the child or do you want to win? Yeah. And the Ray Liotta is the win. And honestly, Laura Dern, fuck you too for mm-hmm. that little bit of the 55 45, because I didn't want him to get to be able to brag to his friends fuck you yeah like that's not what your client wanted and, and she told that's you why that. I, I that's why if there's like a, a wing of the uh, a family law that's the alan alda kind of like saint branch uh then there and and there's the the devil branch laura dern has definitely got both her feet on that devil side for that scene alone for sure um, yeah but she's not ray Liotta bad because no, but she plays that game right and, and i th- think like some of the petty stuff with like i did never sense that scarlett johansson's drinking was a problem in this movie uh no. and yet that's going to be brought out as like she's an addict and like unfit yeah. mother because she has a glass of wine a night maybe splits a bottle right. and uh, when she's meeting with friends like that's insane right but right. that's where they go with these things trying to just right to murder their character and and the other thing that I thought, like you, you mentioned her being kind of glad handing Charlie at the mediation, Ugh. which I because I uh, when I was in mediation, the opposing lawyer did that to me a little bit, like engaging me in small talk and stuff. And I always thought it's like they're trying to provoke you in front of the mediator, because if you're the type of guy, be like, right. fuck you, I'm not paying two hundred fifty dollars an hour to hear you fucking kvetch about my job and shit. Yep. Then the mediators on a cock one eyebrow, make a couple notes and. Um, and I think that's what they're doing. That's why you just um, say, this is not the time for, you know, you want to have dinner with me later. Fine. We'll talk, but this is not the time. For I think that. you just got to You just got to take it. You just kind of like, any, I've, I, I don't know. Maybe I've, uh, uh, maybe, maybe I, I didn't handle that the, the best, but, um, the whole idea that, the like the, you know, she's taking all this shit about Ray Liotta and how the system rewards bad behavior and all that kind of stuff and running him down. And then she kisses him on both cheeks and like, Oh, mm-hmm. like that's the other trip is when you see the prosecutor and the defense attorney, like, Oh, how's your kids? Oh yeah. We should go golfing sometime. And I was like, and then they're going to like get back in private and be like, Oh fuck those people. That's, but I don't, I guess you want that system, right? You want the adversaries to be able to like, you know, be able to speak to each other to work out things. And it's all kind of a game to them. <laughs> it you is. Know? Yeah. Like their, their money and emotional well-being are not at stake here. Right. They're making money on yeah. this. So like, yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're playing a game with each other. Right. And there is a little bit of that, like I said, being the arms dealer diplomat where, 
that's got that's got a factor into this this equation the fact that like well the more we get them to fight over petty stuff and if they're just essentially it's one thing because like i said if if i think she gave scarlett johansson the divorce she wanted to begin the movie it would have been the divorce that she didn't want yeah um there's 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 a little bit of that but there's also the like you know what if there is nothing to fight over you know um it's like a car mechanic they get nothing if they're like hey yeah you but boy, this, uh, you know, you can change the oil yourself. You should, don't even really have to come to us for that kind of shit if you don't want to. Versus, mm-hmm. like, it's really easy to find a bad battery and, oh, your air filter needs to be cleaned and, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I, I, that's mm, family law. It's, it's tricky. It's really tricky. Um, yeah. Especially, you know, the mechanics not dealing with potentially uh, the next. 10 years of your life and right. you know the the past 10 years of your life and the the your family and your child like <laughs> yeah it's it's intense plus it's like if you got kids involved then it's like well shit you can always ask the car you know to like it's it's tough when the kids are this young but you know as they get older you can ask the kid you know, it's like oh do mm-hmm. you think your air filter needs to be changed <laughs> no okay well fuck the air filter yeah but uh yeah I, man, I like this movie a lot um, I thought it was honest. It felt real. Um, yeah, it was good. And I, I haven't found myself in any of these situations, but I was able to, the movie was very effectively able to make me sympathize with both sides, not hate either. Uh, but, but also have like opinions on them, you know? Do you think that because um, the other thought I had watching this is the the legal system, family war or family law. Do you think that like the argument for making it this bad and unpleasant is a lot like the argument for total war? Like, sure, we're bombing factories and population centers, but unless you make war so bad and so ugly that people are willing to do anything to make it stop, it'll count. It'll cost needless lives. And like you have to like confront people with like look, here's the facts and the judge is going to say this, that you have to, you have to get down to brass tacks or else it like saves money in the long run because it wards off people from being petty for needlessly. Cause you can always say like, well, the judge is going to, do you think that this adversarial thing is actually better because it leads to more well thought out and complete divorces than if you let people waltz in and just be like, ah, oh, fuck it. 50, 50, <laughs> whatever you know like is there good to this being adversarial i i don't think so because i don't think lawyers are trained for that sort of things lawyers train for the ins and outs of the law let therapists deal with that let therapists help someone understand what they actually want and how to get it and then let the lawyers the attorneys figure out how to get that within the confines of the law I don't think like pushing their clients toward like, that's the thing. Like it, it just so happens that uh, Nora or sorry, Nicole comes into Nora's office and is like, gets to the bottom of what she actually wants over the course of this thing. But it could have very easily gone another way. Right. She could have felt guilty about taking everything in the form of this MacArthur grant and a 95, 5% split of the child. And she could have woken up 10 years from now feeling shitty about that because her lawyer pushed her into it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think that's the role of a lawyer. Cause like, I, yeah, it's like, I, the, the lawyer kind of does everything, you know, they gotta, you gotta you decide what to it's in the best interest for the client and what the client really wants and what's the best legal strategy to, to, to get that. They're in a tough spot and you're right. Like, but I don't know if I if I yeah, trust like a panel of th- five therapists to decide. Okay, well we've read the details of the family history and we think this is best. Now, oh just- yeah, I'm not suggesting. I'm suggesting like maybe there needs to be some therapy before the the legal yeah. proceeding of the, of the divorce. Like, get, yeah. let these two people like, get to the heart of what they want and then try and figure out how to make that work for both of them. Right. I think that the a lot things have gotten a lot better in the last 30 years because there is a lot more like guardian ad litem, like, you know, uh, lawyers for the children to kind of evaluate. There are people that are professional caseworkers, social workers mm-hmm. that go and interview the families and, and do the visits. And it's like a hell of a lot better than it was 30, 40 years ago, where it's essentially, you know, and that's something that I thought Laura Dern said is interesting. It's like, you know, we didn't. Good fathers were something we invented like 30 years ago. Like before that, it's like it was it, that it, it, it's the dad's job to be kind of this silent, cold, unapproving, 
breadwinner. And that was just the, I thought that was um, a good, a, a good point, but like, yeah, it used to be that like you got fucked a lot as a dad. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, I think you get fucked as a dad. If you are just a really shitty dad, or if you're intimidated by the reputation of the legal system to just give up or because of the way mm-hmm. you've grown up conditioned to like give up, like without a fight, you know, but it's pretty easy to get 50, 50 custody in almost every state that I'm aware of. If you are a dad that's been involved at all, you know, yeah. Um, but that's the thing. It's like I said, it's like, it's a cautionary tale to like, you know, those assumptions, like if you had to prove that your child was the most important thing in the world today, what evidence could you, you know, uh, uh, could you, and then if you're in a relationship where like you've abdicated all those roles to someone else and that's the understanding, how tight is that understanding? And right. Boy, what are you doing to reward that other person's loyalty and sacrifice to the altar of you? Mm-hmm. Uh, because, Damn, it can go bad if uh, you leave those uh, assumptions unexamined. Yeah, I mean that anyway. was that was part of the tension, um, the the push and pull, you know, of of like Laura Dern says, the last thirty plus years um, is like you know women have become more career minded, which necessarily mm-hmm. takes them out of the house more, and men have been able to step back from their careers because of that. They don't have to be sole breadwinners, and so now they can be better fathers and. That that's the tension there, right? Like the the home versus work life and the fulfillment in both. And I think this movie kind of gets there um in a roundabout way to talking about that stuff without ever like aside from that one speech from Laura Dern, without ever actually like going there. Um and, and to the point where that that uh monologue she has about that almost felt like out of place, like angrier mm. than the rest of this movie. Um, mm. more resentful than the rest of this movie because the rest of this movie to me feels very like understanding and like I said a sort of level headed and then that yeah. that kind of anger like pokes through and I'm surprised by it maybe that's one she why she won the Academy Award for it yeah it's scene, also be but... it could be the the idea that like um, women are so tend to be so passive in these relationships that like Laura Dern has to be angry for their behalf for them to be like, yeah, fuck, right. I'm getting fucked here. Maybe there's a little bit of that, too. I mean, that's been the path um, out of, you know, the the women are just staying at home, taking care sure. of the kids. That's been the path out is a lot of anger, right? Because <laughs> like, a lot of women right, don't fucking right. want that. So, right. Standing up and said, you're tired of this shit and not having any more. Sure. Um, the other thing is, I thought it was interesting that like after the end, when Charlie decided to, you know, take one of those still pretty lucrative and prestigious, prestigious jobs on the West Coast uh, yeah, to be right. more part. And, and as she, you know, you're talking about the like, you know, good dads invented 30 years ago. And as she becomes more of like the um, the busy professional woman, because she's directed mm-hmm. an episode of her own. She won some awards. She's getting more involved in that creative side. Said, I can see why you got so wrapped up well she's now gives like hey i don't got you know i gotta do something do you want just volunteering to give him time and that's you know that that's that's i think the long game that alan aldo was was advocating for it's like you know what Mm -hmm. you're probably not going to be able to be it's it's impossible at this point to get everything you want so what's the most important thing and then chase that if it's the career then let your wife move out here with her dad and they'll have him. You can, you know, have him over a couple weeks in the summer and take him to Coney Island and, you know, take him you can go out here every couple, and then do that. But if it's being a dad, then get your ass out here and be a dad. Yeah. Um, and he chose that path and it's working. Mm-hmm. So I thought, uh, um, I, I, cause we, I talked about the beginning about this thing being really bougie and I, that's the other people, uh, group of people I saw not liking this film. Cause I'm like, wow. I'm aware personally <laughs> of two people who would very much like to get divorced and can't because of health insurance reasons, childcare credit reasons, tax reasons. Jesus. So they're nominally married, but they're not living together. And Mm -hmm. like the idea of having a divorce, that's a hundred thousand dollars where you're fighting over $600,000 MacArthur grants and stuff like that. I think that's alienating to certain like, like people of the audience that that's not their lived experience. And like, you know, it's so much, it's so easy to get married. Mm -hmm. Um, But then once you get married for a couple of years, especially if you had kids to the mix, if you're poor, not super easy to get out of like, 
it's weird how regressive oh, yeah. things have gotten for people like that. And I just wanted to say, yeah, if you don't like the movie because you saw this or like the other thing, I think other people that saw it didn't like it or kids that went through an even worse version where their parents didn't have that moment of sobriety where they're like, fuck, we don't want to do this. We need to call mm-hmm. up the dogs. Like I can see if your divorce didn't look like this for a variety of reasons, it kind of being outrageous to see things portrayed like this, but I get it if this movie is triggering, but if you just can't sympathize with two people who are so two characters who are so well drawn, like I Mm -hmm. take, yes, I get it. You might not have the money that these people might have. You might not have some of the privilege, but also it's a very relatable story. I think, I think it's, Oh yeah. And like I said, it's not just married people. It's any type of relationship where you connect yourself to one other human that, that gets messy and that's the thing that was so relatable to me and they do such a good job of making these people sympathetic that uh, the the macarthur stuff her her acting career all that stuff was just like oh well this is what they do for a living right it's like if i got a big Mm -hmm. bonus from bald move or whatever it that that was the equivalent of the macarthur grant here and i'm no fucking genius uh i'm also not a megawatt movie star i'm not gonna have her career like but I get these people. I get what they're going through, right? That's crazy to me that people couldn't sympathize with them. Yeah, I guess it depends on how how much you hate the situation you're in and how much it triggers you to see people it, making headway with resources you don't have, you know? Sure, like I they said, did, they even make that cool, a little... But... Like the, the judge, the judge, the one time we see him in court kind of sermonizes on the same lines. Like he's like, you know, my court is full of people with the resources and they kind of like, yeah. you see these like burnt out working class moms and dads waiting for their turn to... They took the fucking day off work. They're losing pay to do this, yeah. Right, right. Paying these assholes nine hundred fifty dollars an hour to do the the argue about the stupid shit. Like it's in it a little bit, and I just like I I mm-hmm. saw a couple, and I thought to myself like, oh, this reminds me of again the people that I know. They're kind of and like, yeah, I could see that being uh, you know, uh, a turn off. Like it's like yeah, yeah, like the McAllisters and Home Alone are relatable too. But if you're a homeless kid, you're probably like, you know what, fuck Kevin and his million dollar north side of chicago mansion and his trips to fucking paris for christmas fuck him you know alternate yeah i'm not gonna b plan that is to spend ten thousand dollars to fly his family to fucking florida or home or Or whatever during christmas or or like the actual homeless lady that kevin meets and he's kind of like ah i've got all this uh uh, you know uh wealth and and privilege but here's a here's an ornament that i got two for one at the fucking toy store lady that'll keep you warm yeah, right. if if that's the the equivalent of you in a divorce, then you would be as mad about what this movie as you want. Sure, but yeah, I I, I definitely see what you're saying, and like I said, I found it extremely relatable. Um, and that's like, yeah, I just like, but I didn't feel like really angsty about it because I felt like um, I'm I'm pretty well along on the the Adam Driver side of like you know being fight you know keeping up the good fight. So. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know it's always going to be a fight for your kids, whether you're in a, you're divorced or not. So, yeah, um, I liked it. I liked it. Um, I thought it was pretty fair and even-handed. Um, and I, I, I had a lot of fun this morning reading reviews of people, and I'm like, ha, huh, wonder what your damage was that you thought that this was a place where they thought this person was being magnified or the other, or I wonder, you know, yeah. what you got going on in the in the in the old closet that's causing you to think that uh, this person was this fucking crazy ass evil character, because um, I thought it was remarkably like pretty straight down the the middle. Yeah, um, I, I tilt slightly toward uh, Scarlett Johansson's side of the equation yeah. here. I think Adam Driver is a little bit selfish in this movie, but certainly in a way that would be entirely understandable for him to be in that position, right? Like. Which is why I don't think yeah, he's an asshole. I think he's boy just gene- yeah, yeah. You just a little blind you know, you, to her position, a little you, un- you had a inconsiderate. Check. You had a check at the midpoint of your life about what is the most important thing in the world, and you got to like a lot of people don't actually decide whether it was going to be an act act in that the, that that best interest. You know, you know, I almost wish they hadn't made him cheat on her. I, I think that I thought- because I I forgot about that, and that tilts it tilts it significantly in ScarJo's yes. favor. I wish they had taken that out because it didn't need it. That this movie would yeah. have been even better without that plot line. 
I was about to, because that's the last thing I wanted to talk about. The fact that I thought that was superfluous, that it didn't, you know, it did change how I think, but in a way that like yeah. it was already like, especially I think I felt pretty strongly about it one way or another before we got to that. But like, I, yeah, like, why does this have to be about cheating? It's stronger if it's just about people that no one did anything 100%. wrong. Yep. It's just, you just didn't really step back and think about your life and where you're at and whether it's working for everybody and mm-hmm. how many sacrifices you've asked someone to make. And, you know, it's like, I could articulate this was actually good for Charlie because mm-hmm. if he kept on doing, I think he would have a cold, distant relationship with his son or was it a risk for that? And now he can, you know, uh, pull that out. And I know that like, you know, you got the letter about Scarlett saying he really enjoys the dad stuff, but like, Again, that's her being charitable. And you think about what Charlie was saying about how often that his dad wasn't around and let him down and missed and was at these awards and late at night. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't pulling his weight. And, you know, kids eventually, they, they will figure out where their pecking order is and your passions and your priorities yeah. uh, by the time they're 20, 30, however long it takes them to figure out. And then, you know, there's, there's ungrateful children for sure, but there's also... <laughs> absentee uh, fathers and mothers so. oh yeah anyway uh did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about because that's a good one i'm glad you brought that up uh no i don't think so what a, what uh, you mentioned that this uh laura dern won an academy award was there any other nominations uh yeah there were a bunch um there were six nominations laura dern won for supporting role best actress in a supporting role uh, this lost best picture to Parasite that year. Also uh, won best original screenplay or lost best original screenplay to Parasite. Uh, best actor, which God damn, it's a fucking shame. Adam Driver's going to win an Academy Award sometime, right? It, it just because like Adam Driver could be a guy who decides to buy a uh, 400 acre ranch in Mon- Montana next to Harrison Ford tomorrow and never act again. But if he continues to work, he's got such a great mix of like populist stuff and like art house things. I I just can't imagine he won't. And he's also just a fucking magnetic actor. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I was was surprised when I was watching him that he can sing. Like, I don't think he's the world's best singer, but he didn't embarrass himself in that scene. Uh, And I was pleasantly surprised by that because he's got a monotone effect, certainly. but yeah, he, he's going to win a doing. fucking Academy Award. He didn't win it for this, which I'm torn because uh, Joaquin Phoenix won it for Joker. I'm like, okay, that's a really good performance. It's also, you know, more extravagant. Yeah. It's more out there, right? Yeah, it's 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 definitely. I don't think it's as powerful as this. I think what uh, Adam Driver put eh. on the screen in that scene where they yeah. blow up at each other was sure some next level shit. Um. And and Joaquin Phoenix is helped by the makeup, but for sure he's also incredible. I don't want to take anything away from him. He uh, did a lot of physical performance, like that shit he was doing with his like backbone and spine and shoulder blades, and you know that's that's uh, its own kind of emotional whirlwind of an argument with Scarlett Johansson. Sure, sure. Uh, and then the best original score also lost to the Joker. And and Scarlett I have no Joe, idea what music was in this. I don't other either. Than the things times they sang, so like that's that seems like a a pity Oscar or a pad Oscar, but whatever. <laughs> Almost, yeah. Uh, weak, weak, weak year for soundtracks that year. ScarJo lost to Renee Zellweger in Judy, which I haven't seen. Ah, uh, but I will say it's a travesty cool. because I don't like Renee Zellweger that much. Yeah, Cecily tried to get me to watch that one this weekend. She's like, oh, Renee Zellweger. And I'm like, ah, oh, playing Judy Garland. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I should be interested in that because of all my show tunes love and stuff. But that's like a little too adjacent uh, hmm. for me. There's no, I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of singing and dancing. But it's a shame. This didn't interest me. Because Cardro um, has only been nominated twice uh, for Jojo Rabbit and Marriage Story. She won neither. It's funny because I thought like I almost compared her performance to Jojo because I obviously that's a little bit more visceral material. But she doesn't have a lot of range in that story. Yeah. Oh, she's so much you know, better. In this. Kind of like a, she's so much better in this. Yeah. She's just allowed to do a lot more. That's an interesting question. Do you think Scarlett Johansson will win an Oscar? I don't know. All the things that, uh, Probably. I mean, she's a great actress and I feel like 
um you know as her being like the the bombshell sort of uh movies uh-huh. fade she'll get into more meaty substantial roles i mean i think she's done great work already like don john she wasn't going to win anything for that but she's outstanding in that playing totally uh-huh. uh i don't know new jersey the, the jersey shore she's essentially the jersey shore and she plays it to a t uh <laughs> But yeah, I thought she was incredible in this. And I think she will win it eventually. Both of them will probably win. Huh. We'll see. This thing is like the thing that Oscars is like there's not that many fucking chances to win one. Yeah. It's like it's insane to see think of like uh, Meryl Streep getting twenty plus nominations and, and three wins. Like it's crazy her run of dominance, you know? Yeah, the stuff that has to come together. Years. You gotta find the script. You gotta get a good enough director to make that film great. And everybody involved, then you got to get in the Especially right year where acting. there isn't somebody else Especially talking crushing acting. it. There's two slots. Yeah, there's two slots a year, and there's a window mm-hmm. of people's career. I mean, some people can keep that window open forever, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because that's the thing she says, like, oh, yeah, she's transitions out of her bombshell phase of a year. And I'm like, I hate to tell you, but women in Hollywood that transition out of the bombshell sometimes they don't find it as easy to keep steady work, you know? No, I think she's doing it. There's though. only so many I think This movie or, right yeah. here is like evidence that she will do it really well because oh, they don't play sure. up like, I mean, they do play up how good looking she is, but, but not mm-hmm. in the ways that she has in previous movies. Gotcha. Well, that's our thoughts on Marriage Story. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we certainly enjoyed watching it. Like, I was a little nervous because it's like uh, one of those things where like, I, when I got into it and started realizing this is going to be about a bitter divorce, I'm like, am I ready for this? But um, it wasn't like, I, I don't know. Like, I was reading a lot of reviews. Some people saying it like really kind of like devastated them for the night. But I guess it just depends on where you're at personally with your relationships and your regrets and stuff, or how hard it hits you. So, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm of the uh, I'm of the way of thinking that divorces are expensive because they're fucking worth it. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm happily on the twelve the twelve year side of one. So I I was I, I took it all in stride. Yeah. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the the review and the movie if you chose to watch it. We'll see you on another prestige film or series coming very soon. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. Bye everybody.